this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Now entering Nerdist.com. Beep, 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 beep. We're all good. I'm all seeing right. myself show so, up. Uh, essentially, the podcast is just like hanging out, talking shop, talking music. I'll ask, okay. you know, like, it's a uh, feel free to not like feel. It, like to be like you know on or anything like that <laughs> yeah no sweat <laughs> uh with that cash can you pass me one beer yes. oh that's the special modello oh did you did you want model would you would you care for one no, i'm good with my water thank you very much what happened what what happened i drank too much beer this weekend i was like farting like crazy at yeah work all right are we recording? Oh yeah, for okay, cool. Forty-four seconds now. Oh, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, well, got the part about, you got the part about. You got the part about work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Theme song by Roswell Kid. can't make it tonight our uh, guest today is chris gether from the chris gether show from new york diehard new york will never leave mark my words that's a, i didn't say that you said that right before we started you're laid I back attitude gonna was, fly on this i believe i walked into your um your spacious abode and said why do i live in new york even <laughs> i don't know someone has to right someone has to live in new york even when you walked into the 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 living room you, it's like you walked into my wife's office. You're like, an office? Why do I live in New York? <laughs> Just yeah, to have man. a separated no, space. I, I love New York so much, and I think creatively I get a lot out of being there. But I see the way my friends live in Los Angeles, and I'm like, oh, I think I pay more money to live less like a human. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. absolutely sure. do. You definitely yeah. do. Yeah. That is confirmed. Yeah, but I... I can walk. I can walk places. So can I. I can walk to a record store or a juice shop, uh... Vietnamese food, four bars. 24-hour Subway? Yeah, 24-hour yeah, Subway. Those. I got, got one of those, yeah. You got that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Subway sandwich shop, not the train. Oh, not the train. No. Oh, no. you guys got me. No, but I have a private car I can call called Uber. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Maybe someday. I don't know. It feels you heard it! Feels Chris Gethard is moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> and if I had Holiday Road queued up, I would be playing that right now. But until then, we're going to listen to our fr- our good friends. We saw this band um, again for the second time. Oh, yeah. Glasgowians Paws. Or Glasgowians. Glasgowians? Yeah. Oh, wow. Glasgowians? Nope. Glasgowians. No, it's Glasgowians. Glasgowians? I think so. Glasgowians. Oh. Okay. Well, either way, uh, they are on tour right now in the United States. And uh, while in Seattle, they got their uh, they got their van broken into, and they got their laptop stolen, and all their cash. Uh, a way to support a band that's really great 
and really uh, a really bunch of group of nice guys that are out here um, is to go to their band camp and uh, purchase their live album from the first time Neil and I saw them at Satellite. They're, uh, it's a board album. We're going to play a track from it. Uh, yeah. Just pay whatever you want, but pay them, give them money, making sure they get home. You can They're, hear me in the background going, woo! That's true, and they play well, is nice that, Is that your woo? Yeah. That's oh, distinctive. All right, well, this is the song uh, Tongues, I believe, or Give Up. Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in to Jonah Radio. Like I said, we got Cash Hartzell. Cash is our producer. Cash, say something. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, Neil Mahoney on a brand new laid up soundboard. You got a bunch of stuff on there. What do you got? That's a salty banana. Let's turn it up, huh? Oh, this is you don't heavy. Don't play this one. Why? Because it's, it's not a sound drop. It's the best one, though. Music. All right. Our guest tonight. Uh. Is <laughs> the Chris Gethard Show and Big Lake. So please, everybody, oh, welcome. Ouch! Well, come on. Ouch! It was a it was a a large network TV show it you were on for briefly for one summer for a handful of weeks one summer. Yeah, and then I went away for two years, and then now I'm back. Now you're back. <laughs> I went out of the public eye for a while. And do you feel? Back. Do you feel that's what you did? <laughs> oh, I think it totally. It was a weird thing um, because it, it, getting that show, it was like you know you want to get shows. Yeah, as a comedian, it was produced by all the right people, and yeah, um, and I was very excited, and everyone was very excited about it, and then it didn't go well, which is fine, and it happens, but I think it did sort of like um, 
um, probably I would say about two years of momentum it cost me. Where really? I, think I'm, I had to I'm hustle sorry. for about two years. Yeah. Uh, what show? Yeah. No, which show? Yeah, no, it's called exactly, Big Lake. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You yeah. could have just played dumb. Cash could just. Uh, oh, sorry. No, point proven. He, yeah, wa- he right. wanted point to be proven. involved. All right, so this was like, this was a big to do kind of. Um, it was a show that was uh, um, produced and developed by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Oh, those are yeah. good guys. Um, yeah. Along with and Chris Owen, as the star. Well, uh, it was all Funny or Die's yeah. like, first outing of a TV show. But John Gary Heater Sanchez. was the lead. John Heater was the lead. And uh, as a guy who. Uh, Played in a scene with him in a Warner Independence Mama's Boy alongside Adam <laughs> Devine and Simon Helberg. I could say that that guy <laughs> is very nice, but incredibly uncharismatic and uh, aggressively unfunny. Wow. Ooh. That's. Do you think it's his Mormon faith? I think it's just that, like, he's a, like, a. I think. Napoleon Dynamite was a beautiful, amazing movie. Yeah. And um, are you afraid of like talking ill of? No, I don't. It know. was his. It was his. It was inco- his show. I don't know what happened. He left on like a week's notice. A week yeah. before they started shooting, I got the oh, job wow. with about a week to prepare. Yeah, if that. Yeah, we were in our first table read like three days after I got the oh, job. Geez. Holy shit! So you you took over for him? Wow. I took over yeah. for him, and then that was like a big story. And then the New York Times wrote an article that basically was like all the pressures on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh like, wow! If this thing doesn't go well. It's this is the guy. This is the oh. unknown quantity. We know Farrell McKay. We know the co-star. The co-stars are Chris Parnell, Horatio Sands. We know them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah turn That's that how down I a read bit. it. At least That's how I read it. Wow. Yeah. Some of that insinuate, and then it didn't go well. But like, yeah, this was like like doing interviews where like an interviewer asked me in one of these interviews, everybody who comes out of the UCB theater has been crushing it. Like, what will you do if you're the first one who drops the ball? <laughs> Wow. And then I was. And then I was. I dropped no. the ball, I think, harder harder than anybody else from UCB. I made a well, failure of a mover for them. Yeah. yeah. Should Neil out. dropped the ball pretty hard with Freak Dance. Uh, really? Well, it's not my fault. <laughs> I made a great movie. It's not movie. his fault. I liked Freak Dance. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Nobody liked Big Lake. <laughs> I liked it. I'll be honest. I'll return the favor. Uh, yeah. Where can I see it? It sounds great. You can't find it. Oh. They buried it. Yeah. Well. You can't get it. You can't even torrent it. It doesn't exist. Wow. It's off the grid. Do you want that? Do you like the show? Did you like the show? No, um. Let's see. This is interesting. I, I wasn't expecting to talk about this. It's like neither was I. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It was a situation where I realized about a third of the way in, like, oh. I don't know exactly who the captain of the ship is. Oh, okay. oh. Do you think too many cooks? I think I think ba- from my perspective, I can only speak from my perspective. I know that the producers really were big fans of me and I know that the director was a big fan. I know that the network enjoyed what I did and the head writer had never heard of me. Oh yeah. And oh. the head writer was calling all the shots ultimately. And the head writer was not a, really a fan. So do you think because that uh, head writer who was in charge of – who would have been in charge of tweaking the script to better fit you and your personality as, as a performer, like that wasn't done? Well, let me give you an example. First of all, we are – it was shot in New York. I live in New York. I was improvising in ASCAT every week, the, the yeah. famous improv show with Horatio, my co-star. And I, w- I would say, you guys should come see it. Just come see it. Like you'll see like – I'm a killer straight man to Horatio specifically. Like, come yeah. watch how we bounce off each other. And nobody yeah. came. But, like, here's a good example. Like, so there were a lot of scenes 
where my character had no lines or like very few lines and a lot of lines would be like what that's crazy but the, my character was in mm-hmm. all, there were 10 episodes of the show I was in every scene except two scenes in 10 episodes Jeez. so I started getting to a point where I was like <laughs> that will get me every time <laughs> I started getting to a point where I was like this feels really weird and apparently I don't want to I don't know I'm not trying to talk shit I don't know if this is true, but apparently John Heater was there and they took a lot of responsibility away from him because he wasn't selling. He wasn't feeling the scripts, wasn't selling it. And the idea was like, oh, we'll beef it back up. And like they hired some friends of mine to come be writers. And I was like, great, they're hiring people who know me to like kickstart getting some jokes in my voice in. And then I got a knock on my door and a friend, my friend who they hired was like, dude, they won't let me pitch jokes for you. And I was like, what? And he's like, I keep pitching jokes for you. They're getting mad. Like the head writer pulled me aside and told me to stop. He doesn't want you to have any jokes. Wow. Once a straight man, I was like, that's not how being a straight man works. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have to have some jokes. Yeah. And it got to the point where there was one scene where I, it was, it was kind of, it was brutal. I cried. Um, I'll tell you that ahead of time <laughs> because there, the scene came down. It was a scene about whether or not my character should move into his house. And there were four other characters talking about me. And I had one line, the whole scene is like a four page scene. So all these people, you can imagine, saying, like, we should do this about him and this about him and this about him. Mm-hmm. And me just, like, looking. And I said to the director, I was like, this feels really weird to just be, like, like ping-ponging my head towards whoever's talking about me and never speaking. He's like, it does feel weird. I'll go talk to them and uh, I'll, I'll get them to switch it. You're totally right. And then the rewrites came down and they, the head writer was like, cool, yeah, we rewrote it. And I had zero lines. I went oh, from one wow. to zero. Oh. And then it got to a point where I improvised a line at one point. And the head writer came up to me and Horatio and was like, that was a really funny line. Horatio, you say it next time. Started oh. taking <laughs> lines away from me that I came up with and giving wow, them to other actors. Geez. So I felt really on the spot because of that. And I also look back and I'm like, I was the star of the show, but I was brand new. So I didn't really throw my weight around. I should have been like, this bullshit needs to stop. We're not filming it, which I think is something that probably someone in that position could do but i don't know and then yeah they shot it without a laugh track and inserted one afterwards oh wow not really mm-hmm. the way you, you know you shoot something with reactions to accommodate that spacing yeah so if yeah. you ever saw that show there's like a laugh track that like just comes over lines yeah. and like, yeah does, it's it's a really weird show totally i would maintain that a lot of the writers wrote some great jokes and the director don scardino is like a brilliant guy and one of the one of the nicest guys i ever met in my life but Serious flaws, serious flaws, and the whole time I was in it, had it in my head of like, oh yeah, I read that New York Times article about how this is all my fault. <laughs> None of this feels like my fault, but that's what that's what my agents are gonna think and everybody. Yeah, I, I love I love just thinking about the direction of that scene where you have no lines. It was where, where they I come cried. to you, they're like, we've shot everybody out. Okay, we just need a couple of reactions from you. <laughs> yeah. Look over there. Yeah. Now look over there, and now look at that guy. Double take. Oh, great. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's awesome. The scene ended, and I just like I was biting the inside of my mouth the whole time because I knew everybody was looking at me. And when I left, the director just quietly was like, "You all right?" And I was like, "I need a minute." And I went to my dressing room, and maybe five minutes later, he knocked on the door, and I was just crying my eyes out. And then he, the the second the AD came in to tell us we were ready to start, and he's like, "Guys, we got it." And he was like, "Never mind," because I looked so crazy. Yeah. Then the director left. He's like, "I'm gonna go talk to the The head writer." Actually, came down, and he was like, "And he's a good guy." At the end of the day, I actually really liked him personally. I think he just felt in over his head, and he lost the star of his show on a few days' notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
wasn't being malicious. He came down. He's like, I really like you. None of this is personal. He's like, I would tell you if I dislike you. There are actors on this show I dislike. Wow. You're not one of them. I was like, who was that? What's that? Who was the guy? I'd rather not say. Yeah. Anybody can ID MDB. Yeah. Yeah. It, True. So if anyone can. <laughs> I don't know. Jonah, I don't know. IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, his I name was, he, he was a guy. He, his name was Lou, Lou Morton was his name. He wrote on news radio and Futurama. Really okay. good dude. I'm not trying to talk bad about him. Really, really good dude. It was just the circumstances. He think? And I, I think he and I both got thrown into a situation where we were over our heads. And I think I wasn't giving him what he wanted. And he wasn't giving me a chance to sort of maybe... Um, prove myself as much as I would have liked. Yeah. And those assholes from the New York Times are watching the whole time. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. It's them. almost as if they predicted the future. Yeah. Yes. Like they, yeah. are they, um, those guys they, from the New York Times. Not predicted, but like, um, like they influenced. Influence. It's yeah. like, it's that, that's yeah. what. They inceptioned you. Because there's no way you can't have that in your New York fucking Times. Yeah, they you were just cannot like have that in back, your head. Counting money going, our medium will never die. <laughs> I, <laughs> this happened in 1978, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but the idea of, you know, you to do comedy or perform in any way, you need to be relaxed. You need to think of your first instincts. You can't second guess anything. Yeah. You know, and you got to go with your gut feeling, which is what you've been doing night after night after night on the stage. It's, yeah. Uh, and it's funny because it's like it's hard to sometimes explain that to people. Where I remember I was uh, I was freelancing at G Four for Attack of the Show. They had brought me on to just do like direct and write sketches for a few weeks. And um, I remember I turned in a sketch, and this guy who was like one of the like guys running the show was like, he's like, ah, I don't know, it's not funny. And I was like, and I, I was like, what do you know? And he was like, what? Excuse me? And I was like, well, what do you know? What do you know? What's funny? You're a guy that was a, a a PA, and then and then you got then someone got fired, then you got promoted, then someone got fired, you got promoted. Now you're running the show. Like I'm out there in the shit. I'm not like it's like I I see the things that happen on stage. Even if I'm not necessarily doing them all the time, I see every fucking night. What's Even more people so. Laugh. Yeah, yeah. When you're not the one on stage, you're not. Like, yeah, you can just oh, take it in. I saw what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's so hard to like when you're in a a, a different world of uh, performing to be like, don't no count. Like, believe me. Yeah. Like this will this is funny to do it this way. Well, there there is yeah. the whole uh, ten thousand. 10,000 hours thing. Yeah. And uh, I've sp- I may not have 10,000 hours, but I've spent 8,000 in the back of a comedy club <laughs> watching somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's like, what makes you yeah. a really good producer. Yeah. Well, you, but, but I think. <laughs> is that a commentary on the boys' club that is comedy? Yes, it is. Chelsea yeah. Peretti better not listen to this. <laughs> but my, yeah, my experience with Big Lake, the good news about it was it really kind of like kicked my ass in a good way. And it was a great opportunity at the end of the day, and I don't regret it. But it did make me take a step back, and it, like you're saying, like it made me kind of dive back into the trenches in a way that was far more motivated than I ever had before. Yeah, I think, that's I, good. I, think I always had a reputation as a, an improviser and, and as a guy who maybe liked doing some like sort of like strange event-driven stuff. But I just went all in on the weirdness and the solo performing in a way I never had. Yeah, because I just felt it was really necessary to like. Take yourself back. Yeah, kind of yeah. like reclaim it. Like, yeah. That was the thing. Like, I didn't write the show. I didn't produce the show. I didn't direct it. There's a million people who helped build it, but I was kind of the public face of it. You go online and you just read like, oh, this shitty nerd guy can't act. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But like anything I do in the next year or two, I want it to be something that like if I get shitted on for it, I want to at least be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, not, not for you. Yeah. Own the shitted on. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get shitted on for something I believe in, you know, not something that I feel like I got thrown into. 
Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a good place to take a break for a song. Where This is a new track off the new Good Graces album. Good Graces is a band that we've been uh, playing uh, pretty much since the get-go of this thing. It's a really good new song. She uh, sent it to, this track in, to us in particular because uh, she says it has noisy guitars on it. She's like, I know you guys like that stuff. So this is Standing in Line. It's a new one from Good Graces. <laughs> I know how to play MP3s, I'll tell you what. That was Standing in Line by Good Graces. Be sure to check out their other stuff. Uh, I think Summer of 92 is one of my... Summer of 90, I can't remember. It's, uh, it's good. It's good stuff. I like her good a lot. Stuff. Um, so, you know, you talked about like going back and doing your... I had a very similar experience. Not, no, not a very similar experience, but like a very weird thing with like getting this kind of big chance and it was i did a pilot for comedy central uh called jonas arcade which was like what they wanted was a video game show and i could host and i looked like a guy who played video games but the fact was i and i didn't really know this at the time i didn't want to host shows and i didn't play re- i didn't really play video games but mm-hmm. like you know when someone says hey w- want to do a pilot you go yes 
you go yes because it's like your yeah. whole your whole like career you're just like grasping at whatever someone gives you yeah. just for like just for money or just for like it's like you end up doing stuff you kind of like take a little bit Anything of yourself to be away considered for real yeah exactly and so and then like you know we start we start production and like it's just like you know it became one of these things careful Neil uh, became one of these things where it's uh, you know they were they were saying about my appearance. I was like, what fucking, what about my appearance? Like, who cares? And they're like, well, you know, you, you, it, like, and this is the line they used. You can't be the coolest guy in Silver Lake. You got to be the coolest guy in, in like Ohio or Nebraska. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? They said, and they told me to get a haircut. They told me to like not have stubble. They told me to change my glasses so they weren't so eccentric looking. They told me to not wear a plaid, uh, like, you know, button up. That's for camera. What? That's for camera. I have multiple plaid shirts that don't moray or i gotta uh, say though but you've been doing solids for a couple of years now and i think it's working for you i think yeah. it, and I, I think i think we is it is it. it a coincidence that i happen to get more tv work when i stop wearing plaid as much <laughs> uh but like you know they start to pull all the stuff away from you and then you go and then and then all of a sudden you're realizing you're working on something that you don't really care about you're looking away you don't really feel comfortable with and you go well what the fuck why did i and it's like and who cares who cares if the show goes or it's like you know you like what do i care about this stuff and it really was like it really showed me all the things that I didn't want to do yeah. uh, in this yeah. in this place, and so is that very much a similar thing that happened to you? Where it's like you like this all this stuff, and you're like, this isn't the way I wanted to do things. It was. I mean, like it it, it was weird because it was also the sort of thing where I was like, oh, like you realize like you chase when you get into what we do, like you chase stuff and you and you put pressure on yourself to go get stuff, and you convince yourself you want it. And then I got there, and it was kind of this eye-opening thing because I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't want it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I thought I, th- I wanted the validation of it. I wanted the attention of it. Yes, all of those things are ego-driven. This is not really a show that I would like to watch, and I'm yeah. on it. Like, why <laughs> am I, why am I making things that I wouldn't want to?" consume like yeah. why am i putting them out there for consumption so and that goes in really quick that goes a lot with like your i think your punk rock and like the same with me it's like um that's like you start to you're like why would i make stuff this isn't the stuff i like the stuff yeah. i liked is kind of niche you know yeah. be in for the band sure. you want to listen to yeah exactly so it's like that's, sure. that's like that stuff bubbling up inside you well that's when i went to public access was in the aftermath of that uh, so that's when that's what, when the Chris Gethard show started up. Well, we had been doing it at UCB before I got Big Lake, and I really loved it. And it was we were doing it then once a month, and we'd just pull off some bullshit event, and it would sell out. It was like the hot show in New York at the time. And I got the sitcom, and I was like, I want to keep doing the show, man. It feels really fun. And thank God I did because it kind of carried me through a, a, a stretch of my life where I, I – my my self esteem could have really gone down the fucking toilet, but I kept my sort of like artsier, weirder thing going the whole time. And then it was yeah, like Big Lake finished airing around like October 2010. It was done, and then we pulled off some. Is that the right timeline? Yeah, we yeah. went, and we were live on public access by June of 2011. Wow! Wow! So it was like went pretty quick and uh yeah it was just an effort to just be like this is something i really believe in and it's not getting me any money that that's the other thing about big lake i'll never forgive my old agents for because it was one of these 1090 things you guys know about these oh, yeah, yeah. where they don't do the pilot they make 10 episodes and then if you get picked up you get picked up for 90 yeah. oh yeah and one of my agents said to me on the phone like if this gets picked up you have a point the day the paperwork gets signed you'll make over two million dollars like right. i knew that yeah so when it got canceled i also was just like 
Yeah. And I go back to like living in fucking Queens in my room with no closet. Like there was a lot of depression that could be invited, but I had this thing. I had this show that like people respected that was really strange, but from my heart and a lot like the stuff I grew up watching. And then we took it to public access and it kind of was an intentional like fuck you to rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. Like. You know, my agents at the time, I think, really would have loved it if I came out here and just, like, chased more sitcom work because sure. I was in that world. And I think once you get in that world, yeah. you can build momentum in that world. You yeah, know? guest and, spots here and there. And then you can just have a living. Like, you don't even have to be a star at that point. You yeah. Just, like, John you Hamm treat, was just three episodes on. pilots a year. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. None and of I'm, like, and, a weird-looking enough dude that I feel like if you're, like, weird-looking and reasonably funny, like, there yeah. will always be a guest yeah. spot for oh, you. Yeah, yeah. you know? I know yeah. four of those dudes right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. sane enough to let other people, like, take their joke or whatever and not care. jump on it or yeah. whatever. Mm. But I just went in the opposite direction. I was like, no, I'm staying in New York. I'm doing my weird shit. I'm building a crowd. There's like a crowd yeah, you have here. a whole community in, behind you. Yeah, and there's like this very it, it, even then there was this very very small community but who would like fall on the sword for the show we were doing, you know, and like public wow. access we just kind of spread that and we have there's only a, like probably a couple thousand people that watch every episode but like I go out on the road and I meet them and they like hug me. Yeah. And are like your show saved my life. Like people say shit like that to me and I'm like well, I could have had $2 million in a show that nobody <laughs> fucking liked, you know? Yeah. Instead, I have a show that I lose money on, but people tell me that it's like a core thing that they identify themselves by. And that's, yeah. you know, maybe I'm just rationalizing, but to me, it feels better. Sure. Yeah. Rational- I think rationalizing is fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm, but- sure I would, I'm sure I'd be loving that money if I had it right now. But yeah, but you'd feel empty inside. I yeah. think I would have probably, I hate to say this so glibly, but just like knowing myself, my own issues, like I would have killed myself. I would have <laughs> yeah. been dead by suicide. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, I'm a fraud. What you am I? Three episode yeah. arc on selfie. Because I already did, like <laughs> even, in the, even in the filming of the 10 episodes, I went crazy. Yeah. Started just like spending money and sleeping with girls and stuff. And even by the end of that, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I definitely would have like gotten real into cocaine and then blew my brains out. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I'm not kidding at all. Wow, there's yeah. no part of that that's a joke. I would have killed myself. I'm Oof. almost certain. I would have yeah. fucking gone Farley on it. You know. Let's talk about. Uh, I, I'm to I feel so bad. I just used Farley as a verb, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't mean to fall over. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's fesh. a bullet dodged. That's a bullet dodged. Nice, uh, fesh. Yeah, oh, and like that's a man. What? That's my dude. That's your dude. Yeah. So tell me the like. Re- remind me of the story. I remember like you know being so like into what you did for this kid, Thanks, man. And yeah. I remember like that was like that was. Oh wait, this is the story I wanted to bring up. I didn't remember his name though. Yeah, <laughs> Fesh was this. Do you want to do it now? Do you want? Yeah, yeah, you want yeah, to yeah. do it like it was yeah. yours? We oh, could just, just take it. Take well, no, no. We should well, give him credit, though. What well, well, we should give him credit for it. Yeah. The, Don't turn it off. Oh, see what happens when you pay attention to him and put him on the spot. Yeah. Crumbles. Up, up, up. Oh, oh. You're doing bits now uh, to hide. No, you want alcohol to hide. They do want the beer now. They're <laughs> calling <laughs> for a beer to hide the yeah, awkwardness. There we go. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, no, I don't know what I basically was doing the show, and I always, as you guys can tell, like I, I, I freely talk about mental health stuff, and uh, that became something that I talked about on stage that meant a lot to me. And, and I put a thing out on the internet that was basically like when I was a kid, I was depressed a lot. I felt alone a lot of the time. If that sounds like you, I want to help. Let me know. And this kid answered the same day and he was like, yeah, I'm 19 and I live in Ohio and all my friends went to college and I live in my hometown. And like, I got nothing going for me. Like 
that's me. You're describing me. So I flew him out to New York and I called in favors and just like, I was like, who are all your favorite comedians? He was a big comedy nerd. Yeah. I had them all like do bits or contribute videos. And we just put, held this show in this guy's honor. Just like really went all <laughs> out. And the whole community in New York, like the whole comedy community showed up. People showed up in t-shirts with his name on them. Yeah, and yeah. Just made him feel like a rock star. And uh, That's awesome. It was a good night. Yeah. And it ended, I asked Bobby Moynihan, he's like one of my oldest friends. I was like, you think you could like make a video? He was like, actually, yeah, let me do something. So he went around to SNL and just like asked all their actors to just give him a shout out. Nice. Wow. Just, like all these people just, you know, just Kristen Wiig being like, Fesh, I'm sorry I can't be there, but we have a show tonight. It was on a Saturday. Yeah. Wow. You know, like Will Forte being like, Fesh, I, I heard about this thing. You sound like a cool guy, this and that. Just kept building. And then the, Jude Law was the host that night. <laughs> <laughs> it ended with Jude Law being like, Mitchell, Stephen, Fesh, I'm so happy to hear you. <laughs> and we just like blew it out and did that. And then... I think he had a good time, and, and uh, he lives in New York now, and he lives with a couple other comedy nerd dudes, and they're really funny. He does like, he he does these funny things. He does he he has written um, two sequels to Annie Hall, uh, Annie Hall two and Annie Hall three. He does stage readings. Stage readings. Okay, he does good, stage readings of his Annie Hall. Oh, he, that's him and awesome. his writing partner, they did. They uh, they have awesome. written episodes of the Bill Engvall show that take that extend the run of the Bill Engvall show. He's like a real weird dude, but he's really funny. <laughs> That's really cool. Good, and he does a lot of stuff with the Chikara Pro Wrestling um, League down oh, in cool. Philly, and like he's just like cool, you know. And like we're not that tight actually. Like when he showed up in New York, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're gonna start using him in all your fucking weird shows." And I was like, you know what, like kind of think like the best thing i can do for him is make him realize that like new york is a supportive place and like yeah now he has to show up and make it on his own like everybody yeah. else does yeah like, and i don't want that, it to be a novelty you yeah know? growing and the wild don't and that excuses you from kind of that anxiety of like uh, i hope he's doing okay i should invite him out yeah. i went out and I, I instagrammed a picture of us hanging out i should have called him like you know there's that weird thing of like uh like you yeah. don't have to be, be, be beholden to him right which right. is important for someone to not feel like someone's beholden to them. Yeah, well. and I don't. I didn't want his whole identity. Like he's moving to New York and taking this huge chance. And like we did this show, his parents like were like, "Yeah, go there. People will support you there. We see that," which is a That's huge awesome. thing. And I was like, I, I don't want to like turn him into like a novelty. I don't want to yeah. turn him into like that's like Gethard's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. like Gethard's lackey or the guy Gethard saved. Like, no, he's a regular dude. Like. He's a good dude. He's funny and talented and hardworking. He'll find his way. And like, mm. it seems like he has. So I'm pretty proud of that one. That was a nice thing. I think that's actually probably the thing I'm still most proud of. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I, Thanks, I really – I remember like reblogging that on Tumblr, the whole thing, and then like even like saying like this is so great. This is like what I love about the comedy community. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. And I remember even some – some girl uh, that like was kind of around the scene like back when I, like I was like you know like I was just starting I, mean, I was a few years in or something like that but like she responded saying like it's like how dare you like to me like how dare you say you support this stuff when you were shitty to me and like and like shitty this <laughs> oh, and wow. like I'm like Whoa. and it's it's weird when you're a person that doesn't really go out of, I don't go out of my way to be mean I mean to my friends but yep. I'm not mean to like yeah. good-hearted strangers. Yeah. You know, and but that's just how I'm friends. Like that's like how I grew up. It's like, and that's how we're all friends. We just, you know, we rib each other all yeah. the time. That's see, how friends are. See every other episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, like, I do like knowing that before you and I had ever met, I caused a tense conversation in your life. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Funny. Oh, I want to really hear weird. this one. Well, no, yeah. I was talking about 
what the, that, that conversation that conversation with that girl with that girl, with that girl. like Joan yeah. and I did not know each other no, we did oh. not know each other then we oh I thought met. you guys had, had known each other before I that. know I'd known who Chris was Likewise. you know but we really only have met largely at comedy festivals com- like music festivals <laughs> yeah. and comedy festivals and it's always this intent. weird thing where it's um, like you know I've been told because like you know like John Ross Bowie good old friends with Chris oh, yeah. like it's like My and mentor. I've known John for a long time too where it's just like he's like he's like oh you'd really get along with the Chris and I've heard that just because it's like and that's what you know you it's like oh they he also listens to that's like kind of that weird fraternity which I really thought and I said it before when I got into comedy I thought it was going to be all people like you yeah I thought it was going to be like people like you and John and uh, you know Kyle Kinane like I thought it was just going to be ex punks or indie rock people and doing when comedy. I started at UCB in two thousand there was still elements of that where it felt a little bit yeah. more like that yeah like guys that knew. Yola Tango or used to go yeah. to see... And yeah. then I think, like, as the alternative scene led to more and more success for people, more and more, like, actors started showing yeah, up yeah, yeah. who yeah. wanted to approach it from that angle, and it maybe... I don't think it went away, but it definitely diluted it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That was actually why I got started at UCB. Like, he was running... He was, like, the guy when you registered for classes, you called him and sent him your check. Wow. And I called him. I was a sophomore in college... And I sent him my check, and he called me, and he was like, hey, man, like, we got your check, but there's no classes open for the rest of the summer. Like, this was before UCB just had rolling classes. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. when's the next one? He's like, not till like, October. I was like, I'll be in school. I have to wait a whole year. Uh, That's rough. He's like, yeah, nothing I can do. And then I was like, hey, you're John Ross. At this point, I didn't know his name was pronounced Bowie. I just read his name in fanzines on, yeah. <laughs> on seven-inch sleeves. Yeah. I was like, are you John Ross Bowie who's in um, Egghead? And he just, like, stopped. He's like, yeah. I was like, I really love your band. He's like, no, nobody, nobody does like that. <laughs> I was like, dude, I've, I've, I've got your seven inch. I got a read Goldmetric fanzine. That was the fanzine his band put out. I was yeah. like, you guys are the shit, man. I saw you in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. I got in trouble. My, I wasn't supposed to go to the show. My parents found out and yelled at me. And he's wow. just like, hold on, hold on. Okay. Found you a spot. <laughs> like, dude, there was like a 10 second pause. He goes, your class starts 3 p.m. Sunday. Like, oh, just pure nepotism, pure nepotism. That's but beautiful. he got me in. Yeah, he got me in. You know what? Like, it's like a, when people like, you know, say stuff about it, it's like, it's like, oh, nepotism. Oh, they're just getting your friends. And fuck yeah. Yeah. That's like the beauty of like progressing in any kind of field is that I yeah. now I get to help out my friends yeah. and like minded individuals. Yeah. I actually learned about you. Like Bowie told you about me. I guess I my wife, my now wife. Uh, before, well before we were married uh, I don't Uh-oh. even know if we were dating yet No, but she was like, do you know Jonah, Ray? I was like, yeah, yeah, like I know I know Jonah Like yeah. I know of him, we've never met And she's like, you know he listens to all the same music we do? And I was like, really? <laughs> I think she had heard you on a podcast Yeah, You were like dropping references where she was like Oh, this guy's actually listening to the same shitty pop punk yeah. <laughs> that we're all too old to be listening to as well. You know? yeah. like, uh, and then when we finally met, I think we had that in common right away. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember it was it was SS Sketchfest. I think might have been the first time where like it was like, and I think you were about to start a show, or I was about to start a show, was or in between. But I remember there was like a kind of a stilted like. Hey, well, that, I don't the, know if you remember this. The woman I'm now married to, she approached you. That's right. I was with her. Yes. And I was like, I get real f- shy. I'm like a very, and like, I'm like very, very on a spectrum where like one day I might be at my most social and then the next morning I might not speak all day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I was in a very quiet mood, but she went up and she had heard you on that podcast and she went up and started talking to you and I was just standing there like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I remember doing that thing where you're like, like you're talking to one person's talking, but you have to kind of keep on 
like ref- like gesturing Including. towards the other person to be inclusive. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm very off-putting sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, it's so I'm funny. Extremely it's, off-putting. Everyone like it's like my I I'm I'm socially awkward and nervous, but it com- my nervous energy like manifests itself yeah. in just being chatty. You and- breathe fire. Yeah, like I just talk and I fill up like spit hot fire. I'm so afraid of a like an awkward silence or someone to like to feel uncomfortable. Therefore, I would feel uncomfortable that I just like like for example, last week, uh, Kumail's dad, Kumail's parents came to the meltdown show, and uh, they had never seen him perform live before. That's really true. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Like nothing on television or anything? On television they have. They've oh, never actually oh, been, been to one room. of his okay. shows. So was he freaking out? So Kumel was just like, you know, and you know, it's like all this different stuff. Like they had to kind of, you know, he had to make some kind of like, you know, had to take some house. You know, there was like, yeah. like, and so he's like kind of on edge and he's nervous and, you know, and like, you know, he's telling everyone like, don't tell my parents certain things. And like, you know, he's incredibly nervous. So there's a lot of nervous energy in the fucking room already. And we do this opening where I keep on t- like, a, like he's like, my parents are here. I was like, Kumel, do that. Do your classic Kumel bits about how you love Christmas so much better than uh, anything, any Muslim holiday. And like, it's like, tell everyone about, uh, you know, just like kept yeah. on doing that. And then like, he was laughing, but it made him even more nervous. Like he's, yeah. he's like, no, that the bit was funny, but I'm worried that they'll read into it too much or, you know, something like that. And then his dad comes back. And his dad's just like, is like, oh, hello, nice to finally meet you. And uh, I was like, yeah, what you been up to? Like, just immediately, what you been up to? And he's like, oh, nothing. I was like, I heard you got family in Orange County. You're going to go down to see him? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, he's like and then a couple of days we're going to go on a bus tour. And I was like, oh, funny. I just read this thing. There's a walking tour in downtown Los Angeles where they show you all these amazing places. For example, in 1908, the LA Times building was uh, bombed by uh, like anarchists. A, uh, no, no. Oh. That's what they wanted people to believe. Uh, it was actually the Ironworks Union uh, yeah. heads from like Ohio or something like that. But like I just and I talked about this L.A. Times bombing for and it's just like and then he walked away and then like Emily was saying she's you guys know about bombings yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know that uh, but uh, like but I, he, he's like all right we'll see you later and then like Emily she's like she's like wow I've never seen you nervous before <laughs> <laughs> just, but then, like I just couldn't stop fucking talking yeah, yeah that's my that's Facts my like go to yeah uh, let's take a break uh, with another track uh, submitted if you want your songs played on Jonah Radio. Go to JonahRadio at gmail.com and send us over some stuff. Make sure you're not too bad, but uh, there's some um, some good stuff that's been coming in. Here's something that, you know, this isn't up my alley. This isn't way up my alley, but this guy was very, very nice, sweet. Uh, he said, it's a... Uh, Whoa, that's a sheet of text. Yeah. Uh, the, the headline, the, the title of it is A Murder Junkie in All of Us. Oh, no. And, good start. Um, good start. Very... Are they influenced by the murder junkies? Is that what he's saying? Hold on. Okay. Um, so he's basically saying thanks for the thing. He works in the cubicle, but he also has a punk band. Uh, he wanted to send he wants to send a song from my band, Family Fun. We're a punk band from Brooklyn with a with a very I like this with a very that started with very few ex- uh, expectations. Our main goal was to play shows with bands we respected and would have would have paid to get into anyway. After six years, we've gotten to meet and play with musicians we have previously only worshipped as humble fanboys. Um, World Good Inferno, Friendship yeah. Society, uh, The Vibrators, Heartskin, and members of Ween. I have been going through all the old episodes, and you guys bring up Gigi Allen in a fair amount for better or worse. Usually for worse or for only comic value. Yeah, dude, I love him. Um, 
We've, uh, we've, we've had a few run-ins with the Murder Junkies over the years and got the urge to share. A few years ago, when Merle got the Murder Junkies back together, we were excited and scared when asked to open up for their first NYC show uh, in years. Wow. <laughs> Despite the legend of the Murder Junkies, That's they were pretty damn nice to us. The performance that night included Dino getting into a naked fight with their singer and having a girl in a goth nurse's uniform insert six drum se- drumsticks into his rear. As, a, as the probing nurse stripped, the band took wow. off out the back door, and we never got to say goodbye to our murderous new friends. A few years later, we were back on tour. We got an email asking them, uh, from them asking us to open up again. They were super friendly and enthusiastic about our set. We traded records and T-shirts and got drunk well into the night. They had a super tight set. Despite being the legendary last backing band to Gigi, they are still a pretty badass punk band that's alive and well. A couple weeks later, we got a really heartfelt email from them saying it was good to play with us again and how much they liked our album and how it had been playing in their van across the country. I've included the song Mitigating Circumstances, which they told us was their favorite. It left us all saying, aww, they didn't have to do that. That's so sweet. Feelings and thoughts I would have bet good money on never having a relation to the murder junkies. <laughs> I was definitely, it was definitely one of the nicest things that have ever happened to us as a band. So if it's good enough for the murder junkies, is it good enough for you? Love, family, fun. Uh, so we're going to play a family fun song, Mitigating Circumstances. Yeah, it's a nice email. That's a very good email. It's a really good email. Yeah. there's a photo, too. Yeah, it's them with Merle. Oh, he got rid of He still kind of has the... Because remember, Merle always had the... It was like the Hitler stash, but it just was growing down like all the way. And now it's like a complete beard that's dyed red except for the long Hitler stash. That looks like Middle Ditch. That just kind of looks like a Middle Ditch. All right, so this is Mitigating Circumstances by Family Fun.
You good? Back on? You good? Yeah. Okay. Welcome back. That was a three for... That was... Uh, we had Family Fun uh, with Mitigating Circumstances. Then we went into a song by Pujol. The DIY 2K album is a great album. I'm pretty sure it's like, Pujol. I think it's Pujol. Pujol. Pujol? Yeah. They pronounced the J? Because yeah, the baseball player is Pujol. Yeah. But Pujols. This is, uh, this is another... Uh, just like... Uh, you know how my last name looks like Rodriguez? No, it looks like Rodriguez. Does it now? It has an S in it. Not Doesn't mean it's, uh, it could still be Rodriguez. Not as far as I know. Don't you dare negate it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry if the break that I insisted on caused this. It did. It, it did. It caused this um, And then after that, we played a song uh, from Joyce Manor off their new album, Never Hung Over Again. <laughs> oh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you would be hung over and you would eat, like, you would just smell an Egg McMuffin. You'd be like, oh, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah. yeah, I miss it. <laughs> I also miss just being able to eat an egg McMuffin <laughs> <laughs> without having a strange sugar crash at 11 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> crawling at your skin. I had one little thing, like a, like a little tequila drink, and I had a headache like for the rest of the next day. Yeah, I don't like what's happening to me. <laughs> sugar. You you don't drink. Twelve years I haven't had. Twelve years you haven't had a drink. I quit in college, which tells you what drinking was like for me. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty bad. bad. So was you couldn't handle like I would black out and fight. I would black out and fight people. Oh yeah. So that's like an actual like like chemical physical thing in your body that that's your reaction. My my it's my like my aunt my grandfather horrible alcoholics. My mom actually this like. Like, uh, she just got invited to these relatives in Canada, tracked her down. She hasn't seen any of these people in 40 years. Canadian cousins, English cousins, they all went to Toronto and hung out. She said they all started telling stories, and she's like, every single person had someone in their family who was like a drunken maniac. (laughs) It's like everywhere in me. It is. Yeah, like, when I started with my shrink, she asked me why I didn't drink, and, and she was like, are you an alcoholic? I was like, no, I never drank every day. I drink like three times a week, and then... I would just I stopped because like every time I drank I would just black out and she's like oh that's an alcoholic like, yeah you know, you're the definite I was like okay yeah I guess then I guess I was yeah so there's a super wide spectrum of everyone involved there yeah 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 well it's uh it's weird because it's like you, there's so many things you could say about drinking that people go well that means you're an alcoholic yeah, yeah. it's like uh like my obsession with uh, British drinking culture how people get off of work they go get wasted at a pub and they're home by like nine o'clock and they fall asleep and they can function the next day at work i think that's amazing i think that's like <laughs> cultural adaptation to being able to drink but yeah. everyone says well then you're an alcoholic i say but it's an entire country that once ruled the world yeah, yeah. and so a country that adapted to the physiology of the people who live there yeah, you know what well, I mean? but like, what isn't it also like a World War II thing? Like they were, it was so like, the lights out. Yeah, lights out at like nine. I don't know if that was. I think it was more like we got to shut these pubs down at nine because people are getting too fucked. <laughs> there was a lot of apparently a lot and of. There's cities. still like they have those like urinals in the street that are like it's like a parking meter with like cones on the side that you piss in. Really? Yeah, yeah. they're, they're kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's not even like uh, an outhouse, like a, like a the blue plastic things. It's literally just like a post in the uh, in a hole in the sidewalk, and there's funnels, and dudes just like what? go nose to nose and piss. Down Do you the have to toilet. pay to use it? No, no, no. no. no it's, it's because, because, people people don't piss in the it was because people were pissing in the streets so much 
that the next I day. I went there. How did I not see that? I did not notice. The, I mean, I saw, I saw them in Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, they were fucking everywhere. I noticed yeah. a huge lack of uh, trash cans. There's no trash cans anywhere in uh, London. I went to London. Well, ex- you know why that is? Because of the IRA. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Putting bombs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had to get rid of them because they were just bombs in everyone. That's why there's cameras everywhere. I went to England with my, uh, my ex-girlfriend, and her sister got us free housing where she went at Oxford. We stayed in an Oxford dorm, which, A, she was like, yeah, it's right next to London. It's like, no, it's like a two-hour fucking bus ride. Oh. Yeah, but that's, like, that's outside of London to them, right? Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And then also staying in Oxford, I've never felt more like fucking white trash from New Jersey than I did <laughs> staying in Oxford, man. People walking around with ascots on their way to get It was really the nuts. Just being judged. Just being actively judged wow. everywhere I went. Class warfare, bro. I almost got in a fight with a guy. We were staying in this dorm room. I'm sure that helped your case. Well, you want to fight, bro? <laughs> yeah. These kids next to us, the first night we were there, it was just the worst fucking dance music you've ever heard in your life. Just in the middle of the night, it just turned on like... <laughs> just every song yeah. these kids listen to it ended in explosions that's like the best way to describe it <laughs> just dance music you know just everything ended with like <laughs> and I went over I knocked on the door I was like hey like I know I know people don't always stay in the room next to you but like they've actually put us up here so music's a little loud and the guy was like alright alright and shut the door Chuff. Just turned it even louder, oh. and I just went back. I didn't even knock. I just opened. I was crazy. I'm all, I can be crazy, and I was yeah. crazy then. I just opened the door, and the kid like saw me just open the door, and I was like, "You really want to fuck around right now? Like, do you really want to fuck around right now?" And the kid just like turned the music. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Applause break for that one. Oh, my Jersey friend. really did come out. Yeah, I have a Jersey side. Between the Jersey side and the Irish side, it comes out once in a while. Jeez. <laughs> so you came up in Jersey, Jersey. Irish. Yeah. So what are you? You're going to Lifetime shows where you go. Lifetime, to? I missed the boat on a little bit. They were you were too. They young, were I, no. I actually I went to Rutgers right when Lifetime was ending. Okay. They used to run a house called Sixty Seven Handy Street that they did shows at, and that shut down the year before I got there. But I just, I don't know. Th- they, they made a theme song for a new Brunswick based yeah, show. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was about that house, I believe. And I don't know. I just got real depressed when I went to college. I stopped going to shows. For me, it was a little earlier. It was like the big bands from our area. Um, that I'm sure you would have heard of are like Bouncing Souls, yeah. a million Bouncing Souls shows, and Weston. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Weston. Weston and Digger, dude. Weston Digger, all those like uh, those bands were PA, Pennsylvania, um, Lehigh Valley bands, but like they used to come through Jersey so much. I would actually say it's arguable that Weston might have been bigger in North Jersey than the Bouncing Souls was at a certain really? point. Yeah, Weston. I saw Weston like a dozen times at least. And, uh, yeah, they were the big ones. I'm trying to think who else. And there was, like... What would you think of West End's matinee? That's when they fell off. I, You know what? I thought so, too. And then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, this is uh, pretty good. My brother says it's a brilliant album. My brother yeah. encourages me to give it a chance. Album after that? God-awful. Which one was that? I, didn't I even can't remember it. even. I remember just I put it in the listening station, and it was just like, nope. The first two are the... Got Beat Up is an amazing Got album. Beat Up is an amazing album. But the one before... I always loved Real Life Stories of Teenage Rebellion. I always yeah. loved that one. That was the first one with Just Like Kurt. And I would also say, I love a good long album name. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Real Life Stories of Teenage Rebellion. That is <laughs> yeah. possibly the best name of a pop punk album you could have. That is that is quintessential pop. That describes pop punk. Real Life yeah. Stories of Teenage Rebellion. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that really is. is. Yeah. It's a description of it. It's like it a comedian it. putting out an album called Jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that is the equivalent. Like, you know what you're getting when you put that on. 
Yeah. Weston was the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I liked Digger a bunch, uh, just basically because they had that split with Weston, and then I got into Digger. But they had, like, there was, like, a big change in their music uh, from, you know, Geek Love and then on to, like, when they did the Hopeless record, which, is, like, it's like everything got softened. Yeah. It was, it was a weird time because, you know, it was, like, bands like, you know, Promise Ring and... And and uh, saves a day. It saves a day. Not was really part though, of that yeah. scene, I would say. But I mean, you would know because they're from Jersey. Would you like? Would they play shows together? Or would you lump them together? Not really. No. Yeah. Although all the pop punk bands started turning into sort of like emo indie bands. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. There's a because band of called Pro- Humble yeah. Beginnings, and they became Midtown, and Midtown ah. got very popular. There's Big Wig. They were like sort of like on the emo, more hardcore side. Yeah. Those were two of the bigger Jersey bands at the time. Um. So yeah, it was a good it was a good place to grow up, and there were a lot of shows all the time, which was nice. When you were a kid, you know? though, did you ever get into the straight edge hardcore scene? Or I did. I t- and I still stand by Minor Threat. I still. Oh yeah, to- Minor oh, Threat is Minor great. Threat's the best. Like yeah. I've never stopped listening to Minor. No, Threat. No, I yeah. listened to them the other day. But I was a kid. I really only drank from like my senior year of high school until my senior year of college, and about halfway through that year was when I quit. I was like, this is not for me. And then in my earlier high school years, I really went the straight edge thing. Because it was like a way to be cool yeah. and still not drink. That's what that's it really how, was for so it. much of us. I didn't want to drink or do drugs because that was me rebelling against my parents and my you know family and yeah. you know my surroundings was to you know not do yeah. that stuff. And it just you know it gives you an identity, it gives you something cool to call yourself. It sounds way yeah. cooler than saying I'm drug free as can be. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're just like I'm straight. What is that? Never mind. Yeah, yeah. And it had the whole fucking like shaved head, wear a hoodie. These guys yep. will fuck you up. Feel. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then what I ran into was like, but at some point, even when you're like 16, you gotta just admit that youth of today. Those songs aren't great. No, no. those songs aren't And Gorilla Biscuits. Gorilla Biscuits, I still stand by Start Today. I think Start Today is an amazing album, and I'm going to see them at Fun 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 Fest. I'm going to be singing along to every fucking jam. <laughs> but just hearing the amount of the quickness and the passion as you defend them makes me realize how many times you've had to defend them in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Which means the discussion will always be there. I don't know, know man, because those, th- those are Walter Sheffield. Sheffield. Sheffield? I think so. But like you know, those are like those are proto quicksand songs, man. Yeah, like those are. I mean, I don't argue that there's something to them, but like they weren't my. I tried to pretend they were my whole identity, and I really just wanted to hear songs about girls. Like I really just wanted to hear songs about girls. Although I don't want to clean my room, dude. We bring up that whole scene. You know who else was real big in Jersey for a while when I was in high school was H two O. Dude, H two O. We've had a couple of the guys from H two O on here. The reason I know them, well, actually, you know they. Like uh, they came to Hawaii and I like picked them up from the airport. Uh, but uh, the reason that we had two guys on here it was uh, one of the bookers, Debbie uh, from the Nerdist, and you know at midnight and stuff like that. She's married to Rusty yeah. from it, and you know oh, wow. I loved that first H two O album because it was yeah as much as they call it. And I told us like family yeah exactly <laughs> that song right uh, yeah I the the amount. The amount that that album is so cheesy with all the sound drops of like Matt Painfield, go, you know, everyone talking because it's hardcore, because it's family, you know, it's like all that kind of silly <laughs> yeah. like bro culture, like you know, it's just like it's like hey, we can all be Italian. That was pretty much New York <laughs> hardcore scene for me. Um, but the the um, but I tried to tell him I was like, you guys are not a hardcore band. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're a pop punk band. Yeah. They're a pop punk band that it's like very, yeah yeah. There's melodic a, beyond hardcore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, too far I'll past. never forget this. I saw them play. I'm gonna tell Rusty you said that. I saw them in a roller skating rink in Randolph, New Jersey. 
believe it was a roller skating rink that did shows. And I'll never forget because I was such I was prone to such fucking sadness as a kid. And I was standing in the back of the show talking to no one. I had a hoodie on and I was just standing, kind of staring at the ground. And Toby came up to me in the back and was like, hey, man, you all right? How's it going back here? Oh, And I was wow. like, yeah, I'm all right. He's like, cool. He's like, I was standing near some video games. He was like, these are broken, huh? I was like, yeah. And he like kind of used that as an excuse to talk to me. Yeah. And I was like a 15-year-old kid. And he was fucking, you can imagine, he was like, you were picking him up at the airport yeah. in yeah. Hawaii, like in yeah. New Jersey. He's the man. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like East Coast sure. is the man. He like sees one sad kid. Goes out of his way. I was like, I'll never. I never forgot that. Never that's forgot. That's that. rad, and that's like a good testament to that whole his whole you know PMA lifestyle. Yeah, that, yeah. like he's into and Joe Sib from Wax and Twenty Two Jacks. Like you know, yeah. like it's like those guys really do practice what they pre- preach. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you they, do too with the the whatever Jeff. stunt you want to call it. Like yeah, like, <laughs> like well yeah. I mean like wow. you do this with wow. your hand. Like, I don't know what to call it, though. Like, bringing that kid from Ohio, that's like... Uh, yeah, publicity deal. Anyway, forward. No, but I do think a lot of that attitude in me was informed by music yeah. more yeah. than comedy in a big way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, comedy sure. is not like, about... I do think... People I think a lot of, like, the comedians I know who like punk rock, you can kind of feel that they, like, grew up experiencing art as a small thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, to yeah. me, the people I looked up to as artists when I was in high school... We're also in high school in some cases. Like yeah. it yeah. didn't seem like an unattainable thing yeah. to have a conversation with these people or to put something out into the world. And that's just something that I feel like you gotta to me I just feel like a responsibility to pass that on. You yeah, know, to definitely. Feel like it's not not um I don't know, it's not like it's not for the fucking cool kids. Yeah. Like, people who make stuff generally aren't the coolest people. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. They become cool. I've, I, I found that too with like with skateboarding in particular, where it's like kids who grow up with this means of like kind of expression and like doing this thing that's pretty much just dance, really. Yeah, it's like seen as not a vulnerability or a self-expression as it is as like look at this cool thing that I created, or, and you yeah. know, and it's like and the graffiti too. It's like it's this jock art where yeah. you yeah. just like it's this amazing physical expression or like artistic expression, but there's no like weakness or vulnerability kind of associated with it. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I really, I, I love like, it's so funny. Cause it's like when, when someone doesn't know, they don't know. And so when you like, I say like, you know, like I identify as a, like a punk and it's, you know, I did, I said that once like, you know, like, like Kumel once, like I mentioned being in a band and like Kumel like was like, was like, Oh, what kind of band was it? You know? And I was like, it was a punk band. And he laughed like he you guys was going really to have the support each other. of everyone in the room. Yeah. But I said punk and then like he laughed really hard and, there, and some other people laughed, but like not really. Yeah. And like, uh, like I was like, it's not a weird thing, Kumel. In fact, <laughs> it's pretty fucking rad. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and it, like it's, uh, and I, yeah, I've said it before, but when we're, we do like live Nerdist shows and kids are asking like, how did you how did you deal with growing up being a nerd like or not being cool? And I go, I fucking was cool. Like the stuff I liked was awesome. <laughs> like me, it's like and like, yeah, to me. And that's I all I cared other about. People who liked it. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it really teaches you a lot of skills. Like I stopped I didn't care about the the structure uh, the social structure in high school at all cuz I had an actual social a real social structure at shows at night and on weekends. Yeah. Like that's those those relationships are real. Like, you know, you choose to make friends with the people you see at shows. You don't have to because you sit next to them in fucking social studies. Yeah. 
It's it's very it's it's great. Uh, let's let's you guys want to hit another song? Maybe come back with some uh, music news. I like okay, that. Oh, I like that. News. That just got really sentimental and genuine. Personally, it happens. I we do it. it. I yeah. enjoyed it. And now yeah, we're going into a Guar song. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, real quick, we got to hear about your uh, murder jacket story. Oh. It's a quick one. It doesn't matter. We, we have no. It's not like we have to okay. cut to, for the station. So ID. I'm going to tell you some pieces of information. I'll tell you the first piece of information, which was my brother saw a Murder Junkies show okay. with Gigi Allen. No, not with Gigi okay. Allen. Po- with Merle leading the charge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So already you know chaos. Yeah. You, you know what you're signing up for. Now I'll tell you what, two, feces is what you're signing. Yeah, for. exactly. I'll tell you two pieces of information that I think will give you a growing look at how this show went. One. This was staged at an event where the Murder Junkies played while a wrestling battle royal was happening simultaneously. Oh, wow. That's Jeez. a sight for your ears and your eyes. Already disaster, right? Yeah, you yeah. can see the writing on the wall. That's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Now, I'll give you the second piece of information that will really tell you how much of a disaster it was. This also took place in Philadelphia. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's ever been fighting for attention, going, going like, oh, we need to get more people to pay attention to yeah. us. Oh if my there's God. ever been a recipe for disaster more than staging a combo battle royal murder junkie show in Philly, I would love to hear about a promoter asking for more trouble than that. Oh my it God. ended in a fucking riot. Of my, course it did. Yeah. My brother said that people started, like the uh, punks started fucking with the wrestlers. And then the wrestlers started taking. This was like during like the hardcore wrestling era yeah. too in Philly, where ECW was fucking born. Yeah. Oh. Wrestlers started taking like fluorescent light bulbs and heating oh, lungs no. with <laughs> People started going ape shit. My brother said he ran up a set of bleachers to put his back against the wall to just see what was coming at him. Yeah, and he said he watched from like that bird's eye view, and he looked down, and Merle was just sitting on a drum stool naked. Fucking himself in the ass with a drumstick and laughing and watching the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god! Where's your fucking sound drop? I'm too stunned. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> random one you could have pushed. <laughs> oh come on! I nailed it. I nailed it. Um, all right, we're gonna t- we're gonna uh, cut to a. Um, a really short song, um, really quick, and then we're going to come back with some music news. But this is a this is a guy that um, said his brother plays drums in a band called Nervous Passenger, uh, and he told him to email the show, but he was likely too lazy to do so. So if you give a chance, here it is. I listen to it. I enjoy it, <laughs> mainly because they made their uh, their logo look like the original Metallica logo. Very well done. Um, oh, Adam, you're missing it. Yeah, I know. Adam's girlfriend got bit by a dog with a rabbit tooth. Rabbit tooth. Rabbit or rabbit? Rabbit tooth. Oh, really? I still don't oh, know. She's going to go to her grave a little too uh, soon. Uh, meat puppets. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, 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 got bit by a dog with a rabbit tooth. I remember that. No, 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 it was just a little too soon. Went to a grave. When they die, don't go to heaven where the angels cry. They go to a place of fire and fry. That's not even their song, is it? It's a meat puppet song. It's a meat puppet song, but Nirvana did it on that unplugged album where they did like. Did meat puppets also cover it? No. No, that's an no, Meat Puppets song, 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 right? Yeah, Super Rolls. You ever get into Meat Puppets? Meat Puppets was never quite my thing. D- I will Can't say deny, this. deny, though, that Backwater is a great song. I, no, I, I enjoy... I have a thing oftentimes with bands where, like, like Super Chunk is another band where, like, I am aware that Super Chunk would be my favorite band. Yeah. If yeah. I just buckle down and listen to them. But right. there's too I know much. It. 
We call that actually. We call that the guided by voices God. conundrum. I was just gonna say the like, guided by voices disease. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like that song. You go to the section. Or, uh, <laughs> listen, I don't want to get into a long term relationship. <laughs> I, I bought just, a yeah. guide by voices best of CD, and it had like. No joke, like 45 yeah, tracks 45 on tracks, yeah. one from each album. And all of them are good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I'm like, well, I have the I Meat know. Puppets Greatest Hits, and it's the same way. Really? It's, it's fucking awesome. But that, yeah. it's also like, I, I don't want to You know what, Meat in. Puppets songs, Jay Church, though. too. Jay Church. Jay Church yeah. is way too many albums. I would imagine. Do you have a connection with the Hawaii thing to Jay Church? No, he, the, he, they, those guys moved away long before I, I came to I was obsessed with that band. Yeah. Very, very. It seems like, yeah, you seem like the type that would be. I love that band. Jay Church, 15. Yeah. A little smarty pants, a little angry yeah 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 definitely way too many songs yes. <laughs> way 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 too many songs oh for sure um cool but this is a really quick song we'll come back in a second this is it'll probably never happen um off of way too word by nervous messenger Yeah, they're uh, nervous passengers. Nervous passenger is a punk-ish band from Chicago. Chica- you can almost tell they're from Chicago. It's just that sound. I don't know. Yeah. kind of really? yeah, yeah. The kind of what's the uh, it's uh, old world Naked bluesy. Naked Ray Gun, just no, like uh, Vindictives, uh, Oblivion. Maybe. Uh, speaking of sh- uh, Chicago, what's the punk? band that they put out in uh, uh, the movie? Uh, the Kinky Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> would have been a great would have been a great reference joke if you could have uh, nailed it. I could have. You want to take it back? I don't think. Or like Oblivion, or uh, Naked Reagan, or, or the the okay one they put out in that movie. You still missed it. What movie? Nope. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Oh, okay. The Kinky Wizards, the two skateboard kids who stole records. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched that like three days ago. I listened to it about uh, a few days ago, too. It's one oh, of my listening to movies. And also, like, I remember when I saw it, I was like 22 or whatever, and I was like, this is like a great movie, and it's like, like he's a cool dude, and now I watch it as a 37-year-old, and I'm like, what a fucking asshole that guy is. <laughs> yeah. What a shithead. <laughs> Going around yeah. and like talk to his ex girlfriends to see what <laughs> fix me, fix me. Yeah, it really was. Absolve me. It was the WTF of movies of its time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally was. <laughs> um, th- but speaking of Chicago punk, I want to know uh, 
what I'm calling now, uh, apart from the um, uh, Guided by Voices conundrum, which is what I call the, uh, the, the screeching weasel dilemma. Or should I say <laughs> the Ben weasel dilemma? Okay, can I guess what that refers to? Please. When a band you love more than anything turns out to be run by a lunatic asshole in later life, do you have to stop liking the band? Yes, yes, yes yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, what do you think? I, I, love, I love those songs, man. Yeah, it's one the of same my most thing, Joe albums, Queer, with the anthem. thing Joe Queer just did too. What did he? No, what did he do? He like tweeted a bunch of stuff about how he was like, f- like for the cops in Ferguson. Uh, how he, oh, he wow. like I think tweeted a link to where you could donate to that cop. Okay, is this though? This is a thing about aging punks that I think uh, Gavin McInnes is uh, essentially, um, you know, the the like the fucking flag waver for is that. In a place where you grow up being punk and you grow up, you grow up being like against the status quo, to do that is that still being punk? I don't think it's being good. I, I, I don't agree with those, but like it's like is that is that him trying to incite some anger out of people or trying to get a reaction out of some people? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But it's one of those things. Like when when I read it, I was just like, oh man, I love those songs. And yeah. I don't. But I hate those cops. Ben Weasel, it's even worse though, because it's all it's so personal. This is he punched a woman in the face. Punched a woman. He, was it a lady he knows? No, it was no, a lady was that was heckling him at a show at a South by Southwest, which he, the entire time he was spending the show. I think uh Jordan Morris was at that show. I think he like at South by? Yeah, at South by. He also did you ever hear how he like outed a trans woman on a punk on a pop punk message board? What? It was on a, like a message board, pretty small message board, the pop punk message board that Knock Knock Records runs. Wow. He got in a fight with this person and then like researched her and like outed her and said some really horrible things about yeah, like uh, about trans people in a way that it's just like, dude, you're like a legend. What are you doing? Yeah, lurking on a message board, researching people who post on it who have problems with you, yeah. and then trying to ruin their lives. Like, yeah. What's it get you? Like, no matter how much you want to argue what they did to cause it, like, yeah. you're the guy from Screeching Weasel, man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You sang a song about Peter Brady, the, like, you know, the fucking <laughs> mascot of, like, looked over kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That being said, like, when I'm driving a long distance with my wife and we both are fucking tired and we got to, like, get to the end of the, you know, it's like we're an hour from home. Yeah. We're not going to pull over and crash now. Like. Fucking just say, play, like, play Screeching Weasel, <laughs> yeah. put that shit on shuffle, because I'm get, it's getting me home, man. Hey, Suburbia comes on. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's my fucking jam. That's a fucking, oh, yeah, it's such a bummer, because I want to, and also, like, even, you know, stuff I didn't really even like, it's like, I'm going back, I just still don't like Bark Like a Dog, I think it's a shit album, but I think Television City Dream is a great album, um, and I didn't like it when it came out, because the, you know, the fucking had the dude that did all the Fat record stuff produce it, and it sounded like a fucking Fat Records right. man. Right. Uh, you know, do tat, do do tat, which kind of took away some of the charm of them. But it's just <laughs> like you know, I I feel that I've like slugged my way through some shitty records, yeah. like to just still be a fan. And then for him to do that shit is <laughs> like it's such and like he doesn't owe me anything. Sure, he doesn't owe like you know, like art. The artist never owes the consumer anything. That's like it would like negate the whole process, you know. Right. It's just like when people like get angry at a movie, yeah. where it's just like it's like that was so shitty. I I wanted it to be so much better. It's like oh, you wanted the thing that doesn't know who you are <laughs> yeah. to be better. Oh, I'm sorry that it let you down. It's it, it doesn't care about you. And it's that's... only okay to feel that way about George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one who 
invaded our culture to the degree that you can't actually be mad. Papa George might have fucked us over, but Uncle JJ might make it okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Fingers crossed. Man, you want to talk about having the fucking weight of the world on your yeah. shoulders? Like, <laughs> like, that guy, oh, yeah. he does not sleep. The right New now. World Times is yeah. still writing about that guy. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I still listen to Screeching Weasel. I yeah. separate it in my mind. I don't think I'll ever... But, I, you, I, but you don't listen thing. to a Screwdriver? And that, those songs are pretty good. Yeah, I, I'll say, I will say this about Screeching Weasel. I don't think I'll ever pay... I don't think I'll ever put money in his pocket again. There you go. I'll, yeah. put, I'll put his songs that I already have on. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll listen to those. But I can't imagine doing anything that would give him money again. Yeah, I don't like... You know what? We just uh, met like last weekend. We hung out with um, uh, Sam McFeeters. And uh, do, you, do you know Sam from Born Against and uh, okay, Recovery yeah. Project? He came to a screening that Kumail and I did uh, for Monster Squad, and he came out to it, and he introduced himself, and, and he was just like, hey, I heard you're starting a record label. Uh, me and my wife have this like weird kind of comedy music. Uh, like Not like comedy music, but like weird music, and then like these comedy pieces. Yeah. Uh, he, he's like, can we, do, can we put out our split on your label? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> and like, uh, and like, you know, then we, we hung out that night. He was a really funny, nice guy. Uh, but then he is also like coming to the show on Wednesday, and I want to have him on this podcast. And I mainly want him on, the, even though I love his stuff, I love his music, and I love his like writing and stuff like that. And he's a very funny, thoughtful guy. I just want to hear some Ben Weasel stories, firsthand <laughs> Ben Weasel stories. Ooh. Yeah, he might not be uh, apt to uh, share. Well, that was what was so great about when um, I don't think he gives a shit anymore. He lives in Pomona, you know. Uh, but like, it's like uh, that's what was so great when we had uh, Matt Pryor on from Get Up Kids, and he was just fucking telling all these uh, Weezer stories. Oh, the Weezer stories. stories. About <laughs> Get Up Kids opened up for Weezer. Really? Like, you want to hear another Rivers Cuomo story? Like, wow. <laughs> well, dude, here's the thing about Ben Weasel too, though, is like, I would put the odds, at, like when I just said I'll never pay for any put money in his pocket again, I would put the odds at around seventy five percent that he is so obsessive about himself. That he tweets at me sometime and is like, I don't want your fucking money in my yeah. pocket anyway. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. He's like that type of guy. Like he finds anything yeah. negative anyone says about him and goes after them. Yeah, yeah. I'll make sure. Scary man. List Narcissist in, in the, the miners' uh, description of the episode, <laughs> so you can Google search it real easy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I don't want to be in a fight with that guy. <laughs> it just seems like more trouble than just it's worth. I'm trying to think of someone who's yeah. let me down in that way, and I can't really. I mean, I'm sure there's rappers, but I just, for whatever reason, just Dude, kind of forget about it. George Lucas. Morrissey's, I have Morrissey's oh, wow. signature on my arm. Did he sign your he arm? He signed you... my arm. Oh, wow. Every time the guy opens his mouth in the past five years, it's to say something insane. <laughs> yeah. and I, have his knee, I have his actual written signature on my arm. Every time he shows up in the press, I, I just see, like, people will send me links. As soon oh, as I no. see his Jim Morrissey thing, I'm like, oh, no. Uh, what horrible thing did he yeah. say? You can't get a musician tattooed on you. you what did he can't. say? I mean, he signed me. I had to. Yeah. The sad part is that two years later, I also got one of his lyrics. <laughs> Which ones? Yeah. Some girls are bigger than others. It takes strength to be gentle and kind. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll stand by it. It's a good place. Good place for it too. Thanks. That's a that's a good, a, yeah. a, that's a good way to get into some music news. Neil, just pick something. <laughs> Nerdist.com. Just under the under pressure, the guy just like I don't have the. Thing it doesn't anymore. matter. I told you, you haven't had that track for fucking five months, and you act like, well, what am I supposed to do? Touch another button? None of them are like really songs, except for the greatest song. Time for news. <laughs> uh. Rapper, oh. that that was nice. <laughs> I, uh, that was. 
Where is the where the black dude come from? That was my is Farrell Monch. Oh, Farrell Monch. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Get he the raps, fuck up. He raps quite fast. Speaking of rappers, rapper Wiz Khalifa and 15-time WWE champion John Cena collaborated on the soundtrack to a new wrestling video game, and it even has two tracks where Cena raps. And we have an exclusive. Oh wait, I, I fucked up. I wrote that because I was going to play the uh, the Hulk Hogan rap song. <laughs> that would have been good if I had remembered that I wrote that fucking thing five hours oh, ago. Problem with. I could just rap over. I could rap over this one, the Hulk Hogan. Song. Okay. Turn it up. Turn up. Turn up on my computer speakers. Catch the drop. Uh. All right. Okay. Uh. 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 If you want to be a Hulkamaniac. I can sure tell you how to stay on track. You better eat your greens, eat your vitamins too. These are the things that the maniacs do. Positive thoughts, positive deeds. These are the things that <laughs> may succeed. Always be good to your family and friends, because they're the ones who are gonna be there in the end. That's it. I gotta say, on the on the live podcast, I. I left to get beer a couple of times, and one of those, you rapped some other verse over this, and I was listening to it to like QC it, and I heard it, and I was like, oh my god, did Jonah do that off the top of his head? This no, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that was straight out of low cash by CB4. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. I was, can I say one thing about Please. wrestling songs? The first album I ever owned was the wrestling album, 1985. Oh, wow. And I will say, it's a terrible gimmicky album where wrestlers sing songs, but Jimmy the Mouth of South Heart sings a song called Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield, that I would maintain a great, great power pop song. So hold on. You should right, find now, it right now. You'll now love it. Again. You'll yeah. love it because you'll so see wait, it pushed Jimmy, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy, Eat Your Heart Out, South. Rick Springfield. You'll find it. It's a, I would maintain it as a is, great power pop song. Is it about who's, who's the guy fucking that Jesse's he, girl? He managed the Hart Foundation. It is. It's a diss song on Rick Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's a diss song about It's yeah. a response song to Jesse's girl. <laughs> oh. It's amazing. That's an ad here. Um, he managed the Heart Foundation, Greg Valentine, Greg Valentine, the Bar with Beefcake. Yeah. Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Ring. is it. Hello. Hello. Hey, it's Cindy in. <laughs> no, who is this? What do you mean, who is this? This is Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. He was like a music guy before he was a wrestler. Yeah, Memphis guy. Oh, same, same chords. Oh, <laughs> Wow, that is and great. Yeah, I'm, if I'm going to be honest with myself, that is one of my top ten favorite songs of all time. <laughs> wow. He's... The actual impact on my life and amount of times listened to, top yeah. ten. Easy. Wow. Easy. But I stand by population density. That's a good song. Way better than J- Junkyard Dogs, Grab Them Cakes, <laughs> Roddy Roddy Pipers, For Everybody. Better than all of them. Wow. That's Jimmy the Mouth of I miss the way we used to merchandise things. Yeah. yeah. 
Put an album out, they say. Put an album out. Oh, what? It's out. It's gone. No one's ever going to make a dollar off it again. Okay. Simpsons hit show. Make put make them do an album. Dinosaurs would make them do an album. Chicago Bears. Put out a single. All right. Recently on Che Tempo Che Fa, an Italian music TV show in Italy, naturally, they had a live performance from both U2 and Morrissey. Wow. When asked if these artists were going to collaborate, the producer of the program said, that would be a spicy meatball for sure, but I don't want to be responsible for the first sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> Nailed it! Yes. He's, uh, remember, these aren't good, so they're not mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taken uh, submissions. So this guy is trying... Oh, this is, uh, this is what I found out. This guy is trying to uh, campaign to keep Nickelback out of England. Really? <laughs> That's right. Like to, to overturn keep, their visa? To keep Nickelback out of England. And in response, uh, Lee Nickelbacker, Chad Kroger, says, The more controversy that surrounds either myself, my personal life, the band, whatever, I think it's hilarious. Kroger explained, All these critics, they're just tireless. They keep on ragging on the band. If they had stopped writing about all this stuff, there would be no controversy left in the band. We would probably have died out years ago. They don't know that they're still responsible for us being around today. That's pretty much like a, like a Jerry Springer. It's like, it's like I don't care. You hating me makes me stronger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that same kind of thing. Yeah, it's a very sassy. Uh, 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 it might be my kid, dad. <laughs> yeah, on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say what you want. Say what you want. Say Whatever. What you want. Whatever. That's a that's a weird thing to do. And the guy's raising money to like help with the campaign. I hope he gives the money to like charity or something like that. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a strange thing to be that hated. I mean, because it has no, it to just be. Became, that's the thing. It's it just became zeitgeist. It has nothing to do with the band at this point. Yeah, it's like yeah. you know. You yeah. I just saw. I can't remember who I saw. Or some older guy or someone was on a talk show or something like that. Made some. It's like as well. It was not a nickel back. It's like it's a hack joke now. Yeah. yeah. It's not you know. And it's yeah. also the sort of thing too where it's like. The guy who's causing like a big public nationwide campaign to the point we're talking about it, like whatever he thinks is cool about what he's doing, right? He's probably ultimately a sadder person for worrying this much about Nickelback, (laughs) like he's sadder than a Nickelback fan for liking Nickelback, right? And I just I'm terrified to know what that guy's super into. (laughs) Like he's like. We got to keep Nickelback out so that we can get the fucking Juggalos up in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ugh, that's sad. Also, Waka Faka Flame was arrested for bringing a loaded, unregistered handgun to the airport. Nailed it! Um, I didn't write a joke for it. I just wrote it down because for anybody, that's just the dumbest move I've ever heard. Of. I don't care how much of the culture is involved in having a gun on your person as a rapper. It's a fucking airport. Yeah. It's kind of always been that way. It's not only that, thing. it's an airport. You're a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> You're drawing a bit of attention to yourself from the get-go. From the get Yeah. Yeah. Probably smelled like weed. Probably. That's- uh, had a bit of a disdain for anyone who was telling you what line to get in. <laughs> oh, I signed up for a pre-check. Oh, yeah, very excited! Yeah, you, that that eyeball you thing? can sign up for that. Yeah, you can, well, you sign up. I always just thought it was a thing I see at the airport that belongs to people better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could sign up North for that. Well, Irish. That's a thing you I can just, opt into. I just met you, but it still may be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's like, it? yeah. You just go on. You go on, and you you make an appointment. 
Or you could just go in, and then they yeah. just do a background, kind of like a background check thing on yeah. you. It's a fucking third passport. You yeah. got your driver's license, a passport. And you have what? You give you a card? Yeah. An ID? Or your name is like on on the list for pre-check. I, thought, then, I wh- thought it was one, uh, literally one of those things where it was they would tag your eyeball. Like they would take like an eye, <laughs> not tag your yeah, eyeball, but like And they ask you how long you're going to be out for, and you go, two weeks. And then your head spreads open. And then Wait, how like, much does it cost? I think it's like $100 for a year. And uh, what you, do you get? It's a subscription? I think so, yeah. You get to keep your shoes on? You, you get to just keep get everything to fucking on. fly you in. It. You, you don't take your laptop You don't even put the thing in the thing? And you no. float above everything else. Do you, uh, you wait, could you put your, do you put your bag on the thing? You put a, your bag on the thing, but you don't have to take anything out of it. And then you just walk through the other thing? Yeah. Yep. yep. And then you grab your bag? <laughs> yeah. I can do this. I'm allowed to do yeah. this? You are allowed Chris to do Gethard this. Chris Gethard is allowed to do this. I gotta do this. I fly all the time. Yeah, me too. Get in there, dog. What the fuck? Yeah. That's me in a it's nutshell, a, though. I was here's just like, yeah. I also, heard this. No one, everyone that has it doesn't want anyone else to know. Because well, no. everybody's assuming they're not allowed well, to yeah. have that. Well, here's right? the thing. In New York and L.A. and in, in, in hubs of people who fly all the time, it's complicated. Like, you have to wait a while, and then you have to go do an appointment or whatever, right? Yeah, I signed up, like, uh, three weeks ago, and I'm going the first week of November. Wait, right. where do you have to go? Well, they have offices everywhere. I got to just yeah. go up. To it's like a social Glendale. security office or whatever. Like, oh, you just show boy, up and look okay. at the My enthusiasm kind of is waning. <laughs> what did you think? It was an online program? But here's the thing. Yeah. Wait, you got to sit with somebody who asks you questions? Um, it's like going to the DMV. What it, if you uh, don't pass and then you realize your name is on some weird list? Oh, it's going to be on the list now. Because <laughs> of ruckus. Um, Nate Bargatze, uh, he did it in, like, Nashville or something. Like, he was just there for a weekend and was like, oh, I'll sign this thing and, like, see what happens. And then literally on his flight back, went to the airport. There was an office there, got his shit, like, within 40 minutes. Yeah, Houston Airport has, like, an office in the yeah. Whoa. Dallas does. That's what I got to do. So that's what you do. Is you don't do it some... in New York or L.A. You do it in, like, what fucking Schenectady or stand yeah. up in some podunk bird. His people <laughs> I love very much. His people I love very much and who I appreciate more than right. anything. <laughs> but you don't leave much. <laughs> so there's room for me. Yeah. No, that's pretty. It's pretty good way to go. Yeah, I like it. I might do that just for Christmas. Hundred bucks for so fucking rad. breezing that line at Christmas. It's Leave good my shoes go. on. Mm. And my fingers in the air. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> blowing kisses to the people waiting. Wait, the line. <laughs> but do you also get in a special line? It's basically no, you go up to the, no, yeah. you go up to the beginning of it, and the, they'll they'll. They'll say, like, oh, you can get in the line with where everybody's snaking to get the guy to look at your passport or your ID or something like that. Yeah. You don't do that. You just go around. Yeah. Whoa. That's where you it's a breeze it. You, you yeah. go right to the front. On. Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. The line shit. is gone. You skip the lines. And I live in New York. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, this line in um, New York. Insane. Uh, but it's not like the LAX thing where, like, you can get the blue door service or whatever it's called where, like... They come out and meet you at the curb, what and then they just channel. They just channel it's, you around it's every the celebrity it's for like Tom Cruise and yeah. whatever. Uh, like, like you just people get, also like, keep telling me that I gotta fly into Burbank from now on. Is that you true? do need to fly yeah. to Burbank? It's a, I mean, it's a little it's, more expensive. I never even thought about that. It's a little more expensive, but it's right where you want to be. It, yeah. it is Dayton, Ohio's airport in the middle of yeah. Los it's Angeles. like it's got Beatles stairs on the planes. You know, like the, the little. I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You walk out into the tarmac and then in t- up into the plane. Yeah, yeah let's have you do ever that. been? Have you ever flown out of uh, Long Beach? Yeah, even tinier. Yeah, it's Long like Beach is the size small. of the one from Wings. It's like you can <laughs> st- you, you, literally you walk in the front doors and then you look left and there's that terminal and then there's that terminal and then there's a bar upstairs and then that's it. Yeah. Wings was on for a long time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Time for just the terminal life. <laughs> 
That's a show. I, I, I defy anyone to tell me anything about what I'll tell you. There was set in a... Like, I mean like a joke or a moment. Like, you think of Seinfeld. You think of the contest. Right. Yeah. You, you, you think well, of uh, Dolores. You think of all these moments. Yeah. Even friends, you think of that fucking you know monkey. What? I don't think wings. I could tell you. Tell me the wings signature moment. Oh, Anybody in America? Question. That is a well. Great Tony Shalhoub was the cab driver who hung out there all the time. Yeah. What is the moment he lived through though? Cheers. We remember. No. He had the a crush on the girl who worked no. at the restaurant. No, no. The two white guys had. One of them had a crush. on I just girl. remember I wanted their hair. Yeah. Oh, their hair was so Peter. big. Something. Well, Steve Weber. Steve, Steve Weber. Weber. Yeah. Steve Weber. Yeah. And uh, the show ever been on that long and been that? <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was less uh, memorable. <laughs> left it was of a cultural footprint. It was, it was a symbiotic twin. I don't know. Cheers. How long was Danson like, on? Or uh, was Ted Danson's Becker? Becker. How long was Becker. Becker on? Becker was a long time. I remember that Becker was like a go-to <laughs> joke for a lot of people. Yeah. Becker, even, Becker it, was, it was even a go-to joke for Galifianakis when they were doing press for... Like I remember, I watched like uh, yeah. some like thing. It was like uh, someone put a super cut together every time they were interviewed for that show. What was the HBO show? Um, uh, the the, the Schwartzman. The, yeah, the Schwartzman thing. Uh, what was that show they were all on? From New York. Schwartzman. It was with Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Oh, bored to death. Bored to uh, death. Yeah, bored to I, death. I did. Uh, I did an under five on that show. Oh no. <laughs> Now I remember. We know. Now no. I remember the name of that show I was once on. <laughs> Real Hollywood dirtbag over here. <laughs> Um, that's you know that's how Brett Gelman remembers shows. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it was under or over five, uh, I, lived yeah. Brett, I lived with Brett Gelman for two years. Can you I lived with him for two months. Felt like two years. You did? <laughs> yeah, him and John stayed with me when they came out to L.A. in two thousand because I uh, was a writer's assistant writer on uh, Annie Melnakis, and then they they came back the day I got back after being gone for three months. They got back and just like stayed at my place for two months. Wow. Yeah. I lived with Brett for two years. It was a real odd couple situation. That's fucking I that's I can't imagine that. It was the best. It was also during his cracked out phase when him and John were doing like a rap duo. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was in one of their shorts out here. Or not shorts, but like one of their plays. So John Brett were Brett would like bring girls home and not warn them like, hey, so there's gonna be like Guns and a bulletproof vest on the floor of my room. <laughs> you just, like, constantly forget to tell people. It's crazy. That's it's pretty nuts. Nice. It's a good stretch of my life. That's good. <laughs> good uh, right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, play a song. This guy uh, sent a song. He's um, big fan here. Hoping you'll take a listen to a little bit of my music. I call it indie, whatever that means. But there's elements of punk rock, folk, funk, garage, pop, psychedelic. You could just call it a mixed bag. Uh, perhaps a wordsmith like you could find a way to use less words to describe it. I just did. Mixed bag. Anyway, I'm just trying to get a little more exposure, and if you like my stuff enough, it'd be really cool if you featured it on Jonah Radio or find a place for it on your record label. Poof. It's I'm rooting for wow. this guy. Starts... I'm rooting for this guy. Ugh. I'm sure He's... you're super, super busy. I can get... Soup's biz. And uh, I get a lot of emails like this, but it's worth a shot. Plus, if you hate the music enough, you can have a good laugh about it. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I listened to a bit of this. I like it enough. After this, we will dissect uh, a more cocky uh, submission <laughs> where a guy's talking about dinosaur sex. So here's Wolf um, by, a ba- I guess, a band called Wolf, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. 
I got away by Wolf. Uh, Wolf. Yeah, I don't know what that weird sound was in the beginning, but uh, what did you say about it, Chris? Said it was a choice. It sure was. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that sounded great, man. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, don't fall into the Doors effect, which is when you have a pretty cool song and you make it three times longer than it should be. Um, Nailed it. Thank you, Neil. Uh, so here's something that was submitted to us. Oh, hold on. I got a perfect drop to come back from that edit. <laughs> you dumb bitch. All right. I messed up. I messed up real bad. I really fucked up. Uh, so, yeah. Let's, uh... There's a... <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, God! Now I'm just going to be so tempted to say your email address. <laughs> I can tell you, no, I can say your phone number, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you fucking dare. And I have Final Cut. Pro, I got Final Cut Pro on this thing. Um, where was the uh, thing I wanted to... Okay. Hey there, Jonah and fellas. I'm assuming he's talking about you guys. Do you want some underscore for this? Not really. You only have one choice. <laughs> yeah, I'll unplug it. I think this is a good score, though. This guy's being a monster like Godzilla. I didn't say he was being a monster. Well, he sort of said it. No, I didn't. 
I bet if even if there was a time where I was like, I like cued Neil to play that song, he would look at me and shrug and go, "Why? I don't have the song." <laughs> Try. <laughs> no, because you're going to purposely mess it up or do it right. Either way, it's a lose lose for me. You dumb bitch. Hey there, Jonah and fellas. Happy October and Halloween fun things. I have supplied for your treat a couple brief songs I'd like to put in the category of dumb rock, D-U-M rock. Are they ironic? I am not clever enough for that. Are they politically correct? Depends which country's politics Uh-oh. you are talking about. Wow. I have attached <laughs> the files. Did we get an fuck, email from Bill Maher? <laughs> I have attached the files for fuck you, the letter U, like a dinosaur, and the midget song. That's quote unquote. I'm just reading of what it said. I want to be surprised. <laughs> predicting I will hate this. Yes. <laughs> Both love songs at heart, he says. Aww. Godzilla was kind of a dinosaur. <laughs> Thanks, buddies, and happy listening. Blarv at the Potable Picture Show. I want to like it, Blarv. Blarv, I want to Blarv. like it. <laughs> you got, you got Chris Gethards. <laughs> I really, I'm rooting so hard for this against every odd that your email established. So far, I, so far, Chris is probably going to mirror what I said earlier, which is, I wanted this to be so much better. <laughs> I like that his name's Barb. Is the name of the song, wait, it's the midget song, and what's the other one? Fuck You Like a Dinosaur. Fuck You Like a Dinosaur. Right, so let's start with oh, Fuck I'm You Like a Dinosaur. Wait a Okay. This is Fuck You Like a Dinosaur? Yeah. The female. But again, it's not that easy. Or male. It's got a sample, you love Come that. to the female. She's not quite ready yet. He may Uh-oh. be tired from fighting, but so she still so expects a mating dance. But what exactly would that look like? Does it take a paleontologist to inspect that I got a small brain but a great big team? All right. Let's, uh, let's start with that. It doesn't take a paleontologist to... Wait, what was it? I don't to know. Predict, to, to predict. To predict. That I got a small brain. Small brain. But a really big dick. But a really big dick. I'm going to say so far. Yeah. Two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I like this part. I'm going to fuck you till you die. Vaginosaur. I'm gonna fuck you like a dinosaur. I'm gonna Wait, fuck you till your vaginosaur. Yeah, till your vaginosaur. That's called vaginosaur is pretty amazing. I think it's pretty good, yeah. She's a vaginosaur. It's like beyond like cougar, puma, like beyond that, vaginosaur. You saved it. I didn't like it at first. You're welcome. I want to hear. I'm going to say something, and I'm not just saying this. I don't hate this so far. Okay, I know. I do like that, like, Channy. I almost he's, want him to just repeat, I want to fuck you like a dinosaur. And I will say, too, whatever he's going for, he's owning it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he's email. He's trying to spread Full it. Full commitment. He's also, fully committed, and he's trying to spread it, and I do respect that. That is, yeah. And he he's clearly intelligent enough to write, like, a sweet, nice email. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, what I like is that he's screaming to this overmodulated mic, meaning he's probably doing this in his bedroom, meaning people could probably hear him in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> keep it down. Let's keep going. Nail. 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 
I'm inferring that he refers to his dick as Mikey Soros. I think so, and I also like. I'm gonna put it in where your. I'm gonna put it where your instincts. <laughs> so that means the butt. I don't know. Depending on your tastes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the band's like, the band's like going back. He's like, hey, he's like, hey guys, guys, let me get this one. Spotlight. Well, you're looking for a bone. Well, I know, and that's good. They should find. Reach in, then begin. Jurassic Jerk. It's nothing a really good producer couldn't fix. <laughs> where are Can they we from? To the midget song? Yes. Yeah. We well, now from? we have to. <laughs> what are they called? They're called uh, Blarv. No, that was just a guy. Blarv is a guy. Oh, that's Blarf. his name. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think it's just Potable Blarf? Picture Show is the uh, Potable Picture. Wait, that show? might just be his company. Potable. Potable. Well, you might be outing him. <laughs> this might be a side pursuit from his uh, day job oh, taking yeah. hey, a email portrait. Who is Jenkins? I want to know everything about Blarf. <laughs> you got to listen to the midget song, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we do. I want, hold on. I want to check really quick. I have a really strong opinion on this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a very similar music outfit in high school. Motion pictures and drinking liquors. The Potable Picture Show. That's kind of a nice... Just having a nice... Oh, he's having a nice blended cocktail there. I like the cover. That's it. It's a podcast. Oh, okay. Congratulations. We got us to plug your podcast. Uh, it's a podcast? A okay, dinosaur. Unmissing. Unmissing is the band name. He never, he never put what the band name was. <laughs> and then, you know, almost like he didn't want anyone to know it's who it was. Like unmissing. We had, okay. We had to do an ex- excavation. Yeah. Uh, dinosaur oh, dinosaur. Just yeah, I, got that. I just got that. Some of the extra tracks on the SoundCloud. Uh, an instrumental version of I Want to Fuck You Like a Dinosaur. <laughs> oh, thank God. That's so I can awesome. rap over it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Um. Okay. So let's uh. The midget song. I gotta hear the midget song. I just. I just gotta hear the midget song. Okay. Wait. Hold on. What do you say about the pink Power Ranger? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where'd it go? Uh, nice. It. I'll, I won't. I can't deny this. It's in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a catchy yeah. hook. Oh like yeah. Dinosaur. I'm getting off the freeway later tonight. Going. Fuck you till the dinosaur. Hey, Bill Tackett, uh, could you send us a sound drop of just "I want to fuck you like a dinosaur"? Just that, that, just that line. 
<laughs> None of us can be bothered. Clearly. Yeah. Do we know where Unmissing is from? Um, let's see. Biodum. Biodum? Uh, that's the... Oh. No, hold on. That's, I'm just trying to... I think that's where the... Uh, click on the pick for... Genghis K. Everything about their website. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. Oh, my God. So stupid. This is... Podcast cocktails. Oh, it's like a, they uh, make drinks. That's kind of neat. Yeah, that sounds like a drunk person song. About. I want to fuck you like a Don. As okay. D once said, here it is. I know you don't know who D is. D was a character in film. How fitting. That auspicious film was Passion Chain. I'm sure you can now guess what the it was, what D was referring to in that circumstance, but I'm talking about something different. So anywho, here it is. Hear what I'm you, so lost Hear already. what is, you may ask. Sorry. Hear what is, you may ask. Words from the Drink, a new blog experiment tied to the Potable Picture Show podcast. So what is Words from the Drink? And why is Words from the Drink? My buddy Kellen texted me one night about it if I still wrote. Yeah, this guy's got a drinking problem. Midget song. <laughs> yeah, midget song. Okay, all right. We, we gotta go. hear the midget song. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you like a dinosaur was that good. There's a midget looking at me. There's a midget in my dream. For guys like us to hate this because we've all heard early butthole surfers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like there's a certain Daniel Johnson appeal to it. Yeah, yeah a little but ween in I there. Don't think yeah, a little he, bit of ween. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, can I get my honest opinion on this? Oh, I'd love it if you did because it's not me. And I'm going to say it genuinely is that whoever made this strikes me as a person who's very, very creative. But maybe still at an age where they're self-conscious about that. Oh, so they're putting out stuff they know is yeah. is is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you can tell that there's some humor in this and some right. talent in this. Yeah, it's no, slightly some self-sabotage. And that whoever that person is, I think maybe wants someone to say like, no, it's okay if you just like own it and are creative and artsy. That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to undercut that and sabotage it. Wow, you really and I will be the person <laughs> I will I will be the person to say that to them. That's amazing. You're you're yeah. self sabotaging your own creativity. That's Let's exact- listen to it a little bit more and see if you still say that. And I meant that There's a midget on the pillow. There's a midget with a dildo. Hey, little midget, what you gonna do with that? There in that voice, there's a magic coming close. There's a midget with a 
night There's a midget in my life Hey, little midget What I have to die It's big problems with you must have skipped over the bridge <laughs> Yeah In the, uh Coda. Wow. Yeah. Do we want to hear how the song ends? Or no. I, I want to hear the other song. There's three, right? No, no. The no, other one was just two. dinosaur oh, instrumental. Just these two. Okay. That's what you made the whole rap joke. I did, but I thought that was from the website, not from the email. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that's the only two they sent. I think these kids got something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're kids. Fingers crossed. They're Congratulations, kids. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You What's got booked on the Chris Guard. Well, let's look. Let's go back to yeah. That's, uh, that's a fun game to play. Like we, because we can speculate. What's the age limit where this is still? Encourageable, <laughs> yeah. Because if I'm like, if these are like 16 year olds, because my friends and I, we would have yeah. made something like oh, this yeah. when we were 16. No, and if that's the case, then I will stand by what I said, which is like, own it. You're yeah. an artsy weirdo. You don't have to be shocking about it. Just do it. But if this is anyone above the age of, I mean, 23 at the extreme elder, <laughs> I was going to go 25 just to be like, not a. Yeah, maybe they're from like snob about it. Like I felt like I was like oh, maybe twenty, but no. Let's I don't know. I give you a year out from college before you before you. That's the, but that was like, my think? thought. I was like, not everyone. That's the person. That's one dude, and then here's the girl. Mm. Holy, pretty fuck. young. He's drinking though. That's over twenty one. That's a that's a public drinking situation. Holy shit! So it's at least twenty one, or a part of the country where that's. No, all the country. 21. Yeah. Can't tell. Cannot tell. Do, 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 do. I look forward to the future. Because I wrote some fucking really awful songs when I was in high school, and I recorded them, and they exist somewhere. Oh, uh, Terry. Oh. No, no, those were the good ones. Those were the four good ones. There was a whole (laughs) other album of like 18 songs where like, I'm I'm legitimately ashamed, and I'm like I hope they never surface again because we said things that were like oh this is like intentionally like outrageous and shocking, but I'm like oh now even with the clarity of age I'm like oh that was a child saying those things that makes it even more disturbing. Yeah, yeah. I gotta pee, but I still I still make dumb songs. Sure, but you don't say the kind of things that I said. No. They're oh probably arrested. I made Baby Man. I sent you that song, Baby Man. Midget, midget with you Remember that song, Baby Man? Little midget in my life. Midget in Got hooks. I'm sure this one, right? Baby Man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Like... We're judging Fuck You Like a Dinosaur pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) Is it that different? No, that's what I was saying. (laughs) Here's what I do sometimes. When I'm like, when I got writer's block, or mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't seem to think of anything to write or do. It's like I'll sit with a, a garage band and I'll make a real dumb song that I don't show anybody. I have tons of these things. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point I'm trying to let you guys know. I don't send it to somebody. <laughs> that's true. And as to broadcast it yeah. for yeah. anyone in the world to find. Yeah. And I present it in this context, sure. 
<laughs> but I don't just go, hey, here's a silly song I wrote. Do it with you will. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know. And here's the other question. As they hear us criticize them, are they heartbroken or are we giving them exactly what they want? Mm-hmm. I think that's it with dumb rock, right? <laughs> with the genre dumb rock? Dumb rock. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dumb rock. Yeah. I don't know. I think I I kind of support them. I, I want to hear. I want to hear more I, like of that. Like I said, dinosaur I wanted to hear the third song. song. No. That's not a bad sign. No, not at all. Like, like I gotta I say, I'm even least it was so hard. I was disappointed that the third track was just an instrumental of the first track. Like, I want to see your range. Get oh, out there, range. flex it. Holy shit! Spread your wings. I, I guess we're kind so of into it. Tired. <laughs> hearing that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up. We've yeah, had a lot up. of fun. <laughs> we still only have one song. This was a real good time. This was, I, did, I had a great time. Yeah. Are you pleased with the episode, Jonah? I'm ecstatic. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with our guest, Chris Jethard. Chris, thank you so much. I had a I blast. Had a We're time. one of the best. Best. Oh, thanks. I yeah. had fun. I had so much fun. You're here. How much long are you here for? It's Saturday. Oh, okay. Never mind. We can do like five more of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, How would you feel uh, with an under five on Jonah Radio for the next couple of weeks? <laughs> I would love that. I'd love right. to be with the pantheon of I just like that of term. Sure. Um, she got some drops. But, uh, yes, no, do, uh, is there anything you want to promote? Uh, um, just that people can check out the com, and that'll lead you to information about um, the show, and you can watch old episodes. And I would I would think that maybe some people who identify with the music sides of this um, podcast would, would find some joy in what we do there. Nice. And we have good bands on, too. We have a yeah, lot of great do. New York punk bands on, a lot of the... A lot of the Brooklyn DIY punk bands come on our show. So if you like music, you can find good bands there. We were actually, I'm really proud of this, Fucked Up's first American TV appearance. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. They've Very been cool. on Canadian TV, never never American. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a good episode to start with if you're a music fan, I would imagine. That's really cool. Well, goddamn. Uh, and the, you're episode, also doing a- the episode itself is bad, <laughs> but luckily halfway through, I'm like, let's stop doing this and just fucked up. You want to play more songs? And it just becomes a mini fucked up concert. Oh, that's, oh, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know about really bad live shows of your show. Uh, we did a LA Podfest, which was the last episode that was out, and uh, <laughs> none more apparent that you guys uh, don't know how to be in front of people than that day. Well, to be yeah, fair, tank it and like criticize me right as we we're playing the final. Yeah, yeah it's kind of Neil's Neil Neil. Was we did pretty big well. Problem, I think. <laughs> I can I can tell you sitting in here giant shit on me. Yeah. Genuine seconds to go. Half bits, half genuine happening. <laughs> I can feel it. You can feel the vibe. That, that, that should be the same title for this show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed. I thought that show went pretty good. So let's not speak to each other as we leave. How long does Uber take to this? get? Oh, you'll be <laughs> fine. You're crashing here tonight, right? We're all crashing here tonight. Oh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. I was. Well, that uh, one's out, right? Yeah, people yeah, people already, are out. Okay, yeah, yeah. they've already heard it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was a lot, a lot of fun. I thought you guys were gonna Which respond to the uh, jokey criticism. May remember from that podcast. Was... What? Huh? <laughs> 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 all right, we're gonna end with a submitted song, as all these were. Uh, this is, uh, seems, the band is called, 
Scoop Trumbull and the Wrong Notes. Scoop Trumbull and the Wrong Notes. I hope this is What's acapella. that on the cover? Is that a crustacean? Really no, it's like it. a little miniature of something or other. Uh, Scoop Trumbull and the Wrong Notes is a group of friends traveling through the murky waters of old-time music on a raft of punk rock flyers holding a banjo. Love it. Love it. They're from Toronto, and this is their song called Toronto. Charles Lindbergh. Apologies for the first episode. We want to thank Cash Hartzell, our producer, Neil Mahoney, for nothing. Our guest, oh, Chris Gethard, so and we want to say a good get well to Simone. Adam is taking care of her. And if you want any uh, shirts, go to bluecollardistro.com and stickers, all those designed by Dana Lechtenberg. Thank you so much for listening. New Neil shirts coming soon. Oh, God damn it. Dot com.